0: Yes, hello and welcome. It is time for Less Than Jays. It is the follow-up. A holiday weekend, long weekend, long effing series, five games in four days against the Tampa Bay Rays. My good idea of hell, Jake, I think is probably that pretty close to that scenario where I was thinking about it. It's like what would what's the like, you know, the good place, obviously?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The my the good place thing, I think, for me was would be I would I would arrive in the afterlife, right, day one and I would wake up in my afterlife apartment, and I would turn my TV on, and I'd be like, oh, awesome, there's there's baseball on. I, I, I made it to the good place. And then uh, Blue Jays Central would throw to uh, Jays versus Rays, and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> it's a doubleheader. And uh, in the first game of the doubleheader, Kevin Gosman would get smoked in the shin with a line drive, and he'd take it out of the game, and then Thomas Hatch would come up 10 runs in the second game, and... Uh, Lead us to a weekend, which, you know, I tell you, coming into this Saturday, the Jays win the first two games of this series. And you're thinking, maybe this year is different, because I think they played the Rays pretty well earlier in the season. You're like, oh man, Rays game's no big deal. Nope. Tons of runs against um, the issues with the team continuing to rear their ugly head. Some small fixes, um, not fixes, some small maneuvers. Sergio Romo and Anthony Banda, I want to say. Some real Band-Aid moves. Um, No name pun intended there But um, nothing serious in terms of maneuvers Uh, Hopefully, Jake I hope this for you And I hope this It was the case for me I hope Not everyone spent the entire weekend uh, Watching all five Jays games And getting insanely mad By the time Sunday rolled around
1: Yeah, I certainly didn't see all of it Which is good Uh, Good for you Probably better for Everything involved Um, Yeah, I think that The, I would say that this past week of games is the first probably of many, but for me, this was the first week where like the extreme volatility that comes for cheering for a contending baseball team really came into play. Mm -hmm. Like, we touched on this a little bit last week where we were saying, like, had we recorded before they beat the Red Sox twice, it would have been. A much more downer show um, baseball wise Uh, and I feel like that only exacerbated itself this week like going from you know as I said taking the first two games of the Boston series then taking the first two games of the Tampa series you know this week was almost I think a uh, statement setter for the team and then it Still might have been, but not in the way we hoped. And you know, we said last week that the holes in this team and how it's constructed are starting to become more apparent for sure, and now they're really apparent,
0: yeah. one of those weeks where, you know, sometimes sometimes in the middle portion of the show, you know, I'll get in my feelings and be like, oh, man, should be should have been should have been this, should have been that, should have been. Should have been in a in a place of being further along. One of those weekends where it's like, you know what? Maybe it's maybe it's good that I am not being forced to watch this Blue Jays team <laughs> <laughs> every single day of <laughs> my life. And if I want to, I can just like go outside and and relax. Maybe it's for the best that I didn't spend my holiday week locked in the Rogers Center, <laughs> 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 watching, you know, having a fourteen-hour day on Saturday to watch them lose twice. Uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe it's all good that I <laughs> spend that with my family and not have an absolute meltdown. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, you don't want to repeat too much of, of what we talked about already, especially with the bullpen, um, but the shine is off. The the early season, oh wow, Romano and, and Simber and these guys have, have saved them. Uh, that That's long gone. The bullpen is now officially a capital P problem. Um, giving up runs left, right, and center, I saw a little bit of buzz on the timeline today and and sort of, you know, how it, maybe it's unfair to have, you know, to, to look at it now and go back to the beginning of the season and be like, oh, they should have definitely upgraded this because they came in in a more solid place than they did last year. We mentioned that very many times. But even then, you know, I don't know the top end it was ever like, oh, man, this is a fully nasty Every single guy is, you know, it's not the Yankees where it's like once they get to the seventh inning, these games are over. I, I, I believe um, I saw it posted today. I think our, I think our, our buddy BK posted that coming into the season they were projected to be 13th in reliever war, which is which is fine. It, but you know, again, we talked a couple times this year about this. Is the mental shift is like being 13th best best bullpen is not where this team is wants to be right now. The, 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 you're shifting gears. You're shifting from. Um, incremental improvements to you're trying to be in the top five you're trying to be in the top six of these things obviously that's tough but there's a lot there's a lot of of additions that need to be made and it's it's certainly I don't believe that you know Sergio Romo throwing 85 at 30 at 39 years old is the uh, end of the shopping list that's for sure No,
1: absolutely not but I do think that you know I think this is the time of year just pre-deadline and, this is also just, you know, the argument's been happening now for a year and a half about how they should construct the pen. <clears throat> the pen, And I think that no matter how you slice it, whether you want to say that, uh, you know, they did a better job this season than last, or you can't blame the pen when the starters aren't delivering and going deep into games and they're throwing many innings, like there's so many reasons you can give, but at the end of the day, the pitching is just not, good enough right now mm-hmm. and that extends to the starters too and it shows how very thin the pitching lineup is when Gosman goes down early in a game and then you have Thomas Hatch starting your second game double header when he hasn't pitched in the majors uh, I think at all this year nope and going having to go up against the Rays it's the fourth game in 72 hours and it's it just the Blue Jays are not the only team to have this problem, but it does not mean that it isn't a significant problem. And I think there's this idea I've seen float around a bit on Jay's Twitter, which I know shouldn't be a place to go for reasoned takes a lot of the time. But the notion that, like, all teams have bad bullpens except for the good teams. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> trying to graduate this year, trying to graduate yeah. into the good and teams I, sphere.
1: And I think, you know, we, may, we had this discussion a lot last year on the notion of it wasn't clear last year, at the start of the year, I should say. It wasn't clear at the start of the year last year what the front office thought this team was. And it was sort of navigating in this fear of like, well, the offense is elite and we think we're good, but we're not really making those kind of moves like a bullpen type thing. At the begin, in the offseason at the beginning of the year to like really be contenders. And then going to this year, it was very clear they are operating under the expectations and the guise of being legitimate contenders. And I, I don't think they've shown anything other than that. However, now is the time to really prove that. And I'm not jumping to any conclusions yet. I'm not saying they haven't done it. I'm not saying they're not going to do it. But this is the time to... You know, this is shitter off the pot time in the next couple weeks. And this is go get your go get some go get a starter, maybe two go get some real bullpen arms that aren't just you know, no disrespect to him, but that aren't Trevor Richards again. Yeah, and that aren't Sergio Romo, even though I'm rooting real hard for him. I uh, like this is the time to go and be a contender in the market, pay what you have to pay. And, you know, because like you said, this isn't—they're trying to graduate this year, and I don't think, based on the last couple weeks, that the sort of small pitching acquisitions are going to get them to graduate anymore. It it's definitely
0: a, it's definitely a bounce around because yeah, uh, it's in
1: more dire need of help than I think we thought they were a month ago.
0: Well, it, it, it's it's. You sort of touched on it. It's very plain to see how quickly any idea of Gosman being hurt for any amount of time. You're just very quickly. It's like, oh, boy. That's as much as much as Stripling stepped in for Ryu, who was already a pretty big question mark. And as much as, you know, Barrios continues to be somebody that you're hoping puts it together and Kikuchi is... You know you're there's there's the two sides of like oh man he he, he can't make his next start it's like, there's nobody there's no there's nobody thomas hatch is the guy that would make that jump into kikuchi's spot and it, it's clearly like there's not a seventh eighth major league pitcher and listen that's a luxury but as you said you're trying to go to good team sort of sort of land and and boy losing gosman for any length of time very quickly You are doubling the pressure on Barrios to figure it out. You are doubling the pressure on Kikuchi every time out to be a guy that gets you five or six innings. You are making uh, a a, a big sizable, not gamble, but um, amount of... Responsibility on Stripling to be somebody that, you know, we talked a couple times about, you know, two runs over five innings from Stripling. You're very happy with that. You're trying to, you know, the thinner you get and the more bullpen days you have, the more you're trying to ask him to be six innings to to hopefully sneak into the seventh now and then. And, and then you start to play with fire. Um And I, you know, mea culpa's from my end for a large portion of the last two plus months um, you know was sort of hammering along many many times of like listen they're gonna be a wild card team there's nothing to really worry about um, and there's there's this and there's that it's not completely sewn up thanks to the Red Sox thanks to the Rays thanks to how bad some of the other divisions are like they're not gonna to cruise to it they are still gonna to have to play well and they're they're gonna to have to keep um, you know that that foot not pressed down, but, I mean, they're a half game up on the Rays for the last wild card spot, and then Cleveland is two games behind that. So, yeah, there's there's work to be done, unfortunately. Um, the Central, unfortunately, is, is, as we know many times, one of those teams may sneak into just being good enough to make it uh, a conversation. So, yeah, Cleveland, two games back of Tampa. Chicago, White Sox, four games back of Tampa. The Jays, half a game up. On Tampa. The run differential now plus 24, somehow well behind Boston. This Red Sox run driving me absolutely nuts. Um, The Jays 25 and 18 at home, 19 and 18 away from home if you're looking for. Uh, some of your splits, part of the frustration, I think, and you sort of said flat out the pitching hasn't been good enough, is they have been hitting. A, a, a lot of, you know, Kirk has been hitting. I think uh, Gurriel, as much as, we, as much as I talked last week about the power not being there, he's basically hitting 300. He's getting on base at a crazy clip. His WRC is never been higher. There's almost, you know, we talked about them adding a lefty bat or adding another outfielder. There's almost less room for new hitters. They Everybody's hitting so well that there's almost no room for, you always make room for another good hitter, but I mean, Kirk's OPS is over 900, uh, you have Vlad and, and Springer over 800, Gurriel is, as I said, getting on base at a 350 clip, you have Espinal uh, is a two-win guy, there's, other than Chapman, sort of everyone is playing to what you would expect and above, there's not a ton of, there's not a ton of even room for them to, you You want to bolster the bench, and you can say maybe Moreno hasn't lit the world on fire with the bat, but is a useful catcher boy it, it really does come down to the pitching needs to continue to be upgrade, upgraded and, and that is life as a contender right You're, you are constantly hoping to fortify your pitching especially your bullpen but but also as you mentioned with these, with these edge uh, rotation guys
1: yeah like I don't want to make it as simple uh, as this because we know it's not but like when you have Kevin Biggio coming up and ha- having got an 132 wrc plus and playing better than any of us thought he might it's kind of like you're not going to get much more than that from your i don't want to say lesser guys but from your non all-star guys like uh, and then you you know there's always the possibility you know, Danny Jansen's doing a playing a rehab game tonight and when mm-hmm. he was here he was playing great and great Not that you want to pin all your hopes on, you know, another catcher for your offensive upgrades, but he was great, and you can't deny that. So really, to your point, the only offensive spot to improve is the Zimmer spot, really. And he's been useful as a pinch runner and as a better defender than some of the other guys in the outfield. So I agree with you. I think, like, obviously I'm all here for taking a big swing and making a big splash to improve the offense. Um but I, I think the focus has to be on... I think they have to approach the deadline pretty much how they did last year. Which I didn't expect to really be saying this season. But here we are again, and until the pitchers start proving us wrong, there's no reason to do anything other than start looking at your prospects you can trade for real, legitimate, big-time pitchers. And I don't mean to keep harping on the Luis castillo Joey Votto deal, but it's hard to not look at it as basically exactly what they need.
0: <laughs> Listen, you you push that into the mainstream, so I I give you all the credit in the world for turning that into what um, some of the most plugged-in guys in the industry are saying the Jays are going to do. So you deserve the credit for that. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say it, Jake. Uh, <laughs> boy, it, it's the things that give me pause with that, and not that I, not that I don't agree because I do agree that, you know, Castillo is an is absolutely checks all the boxes and obviously I'd be thrilled to see Joey Photo come home. And, and the sort of the same goes for whoever you want to say will be at the top of the pitcher rental market, whether that be Frankie Montes, whoever that may be uh, from a bad team who happens to be a good pitcher. The, the, I think the difference in shopping in that level versus what you're shopping for Let's say the 2020 deadline where they where they go and they buy low on ray and they get taiwan walker as a rental and they hope that they unlock one of those guys and that the other one um pitches well enough to not submarine them when you when you are shopping at the top of the market that is when you get into bidding wars and that is when again obviously we are pretty firmly into open the taps and let the prospects go they've shown that willingness they've traded their most Two most recent first-round picks have been dealt. That has already happened in the Barrios and uh, in the Chapman trade. I think was for Gunnar Hoglund. Who did Gunnar yes. Hoglund get traded for? Yeah, yeah, Chapman. So they traded their most recent first-round picks. So you, you, you even can't say that they're not going to do that. Um, but yeah, the top of the market is is where you get into backs and forth. And and I'm, I'm not worried about the prospect capital. The window is now, and the guys are young, and most of the key players are sticking around for quite a, quite some time. So that isn't what give me pause. It, it just does get into like that's where you really get into the cost versus trying to find those wins in the middle or in the fringe. But but yeah, they're they're they've, as we said, graduated to this to this level of of you need guys that are gonna make an impact. They need guys that every fifth day can give them a shot because the offense doesn't need a whole ton of wiggle room. They don't need they don't need Alec Manoa every fifth day. It's great to have Manoa, and he does obviously provide quite a bit. But they really just need somebody that's going to keep the other team to three, four runs. Allow this team, this offense that has been absolutely racking up the, the the runs in the last month, last two months, hitting tons of home runs, everybody clicking. You really just need somebody to come in and and provide quality innings. And until Barrios proves he can do that as part of the rotation, that that need is going to continue to hang over. The aspirations. We, we said it when they lost to the Yankees that maybe, maybe losing to the Yankees is a bit of a wake-up call as to how far away they may be, and, and perhaps losing to the Rays uh, it ends up being the exact same thing. I, I also reserve the right to change this after two good Brio starts. Brio has Brio has one good week. I'm sort of back on the like, well, they're as good as anybody because they are. They are as good as anybody. I, I still do believe that offensively, at least.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I meant about the, the volatility aspect of it. And that's just what comes with having a good team that's not on like a 119 win pace like the Yankees are. But, you know, and I also don't think any of this is unfixable. I don't think any of this is uh, necessarily uh, terrible. Like, you, again, you look at last season and they're eight and a half games out in the middle of June. This weekend, they're eight, July, July 1st weekend, they were eight and a half games out, uh, and they were three games above five hundred last year. And, you know, obviously there's the Dunedin and the Buffalo of it all. But regardless, we know that they can go on a big run. Uh, and last year, once they post-trade deadline, they did go on. They played extremely well post-trade deadline. Their September was unbelievably hot. And, you know, I don't see any reason to believe that can't and won't happen again. Uh, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, I just I think it's not unfixable, but it does need to be fixed.
0: Goddamn, fourteen games behind the Yankees. It's
1: crazy. 14. It's so frustrating.
0: Forty-four and thirty-six and fourteen games back. Maybe <laughs> one game back of Minnesota in the Central. Uh, boy. Just, 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 life isn't fair sometimes. This team, this division, just, just the way it is. I think we would learn to have lived with it at this point of our lives, but it continues every so often. You, you don't go, you don't look at it for a while, then you look at it and you just go, God damn! How are they? How are they? Fifty-eight and twenty-two. Uh, <laughs> Life's not fair. Rich that get being richer said, and... yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right. Uh, Jake, forty-four and thirty-six. Quick math. I know it's uh, n- neither of our strong suits, but to me, that adds up to eighty, which means we are at the exact uh midway point of the year um trying to take a little bit of stock i know we talked about the pitching there we talked a little bit sort of in grander sweeps but how have you felt about the first half of the year if you look at you look at the overall of, of maybe where you expected if we had talked about you know where you thought they would be uh 44 and 36 doesn't take too much crazy math to understand that's about a 90 if they win their next game that's a 90 win pace which is exactly as good as they were last year um does that lag a little bit behind where you expected or or is is 45 wins at the turn um keep you satiated as as somebody that you know we both came in i think we both came in with high expectations i think i said triple digits and i think you said 93 wins to start the year
1: yeah i think uh record wise they're pretty much right about where i thought they'd be and Again, I think this also serves to sort of put some of the struggles in perspective. That if the Yankees weren't, what would you say they are, 58 and 22 or something like that?
0: Something Uh, like that, yeah. Crazy. If the
1: Yankees weren't that, then I'd be feeling pretty good about where they are, to be honest. Like if this was, if the Yankees were in a very similar record situation to the rest of the good teams in the L East and this was just a tight four way race, it'd be hard to really fault any of that. Uh, so I would say expectation-wise, they're about where I thought they would be record-wise. Uh, I will say not exactly how I thought they'd get there. But, yeah, I think that an encouraging way to sort of reframe it and look at it that way. That they're about where I thought they'd be. Uh, and, you know, going into the season, none of us were like, well, the, the roster's done. We all knew we right. were going to have to do deadline stuff, and we yelled about this plenty in april about how the roster you start with is not the roster you end with so yeah i i would say that they are pretty close to where i thought they would be um but the i am concerned about how they got there i guess i would say it that way because the starting pitching bullpens can be fixed fixed but the starting pitching is really really concerning to me
0: yeah, some of your some of your looks uh, as we approach the midway point of the season, Vladdy sitting on 19 home runs. It, f- it feels like you spent all this time being like, man, Vladdy when's he going to get together? get it, get together? When's he going to get it together? It's like he's, <laughs> on pace for for 40 and 100 um and and to have like an 850 900 OPS. I feel like that I think like that I feel like he's due for a, a second half. Uh, Springer has 15 home runs. Um he's got an OPS of 8.30, 3.42 on base. Alejandro Kirk, of course, we talked in the preseason um, about this exact scenario, as if he was full-time DH, what would his season look like? 3.17, 4.08, 5.09 for a 9.17 OPS, best on the team. Um, some other small stuff, of course, Teoscar Missed a bunch of time. He's got eight home runs. Guriel leads the team in doubles with 21, Espinal right behind him with 20. I think Espinal throughout the year from the opening weekend on has been a pleasant surprise. Um, not a lot negative, you can say, about the hitting. I guess you can say um, Chapman's numbers aren't quite what you expected, but you also can easily find from people smarter than us um, evidence that he is among the most unlucky hitters in the entire league right now with quality of contact um, versus results. Pitching side of things, Manoa, um, 15 starts, 13 of them quality. He's 9-2, ERA of 2.09. The whip is 0.98. Gosman, one extra start, of course, because he started uh, on the weekend, 10.2 Ks per 9. His ERA is 2.86. Jordan Romano's ERA is 2.89. He's had a whole bunch of saves, 17. Actually, I think trailed off considerably the route. He must have had 13, like, In the first month, and then trailed (laughs) off considerably. Uh, David Phelps, ERA, 313. Matt Gage has been a pleasant surprise recently. Then you get sort of to the the bad news. Barrios, you know, the the 5.72 ERA is uh, not inspiring anybody. The strikeout rate um, down to 7.2 per nine. Uh, Some real real ugly stuff in here. Uh, Kikuchi has a high strikeout rate, but his ERA uh, 4.79, some... Some, some shorter outings, uh, 3.48 ERA from Adam Simber at the risk of just sort of, um, you know, listing off uh, statistics here. You have other <laughs> things, you know Trent Thornton, 4.41 ERA and all that sort of stuff. Um, you Richards, of course, in the high end, 6.3 ERA, lots of blowups, lots of... It seems like most of these guys are either pitching really well or really poorly. There isn't a ton of, aside from Simber, maybe Jimmy Garcia... Um, there hasn't been a ton of guys like sort of in that middle, in in the middle ground there. Yeah. And you have Ross Stripling, who has who has come in and 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 been all you could possibly ask for for a for a six starter. <laughs> but boy, there's a lot of room for improvement with this rotation, uh, especially. It certainly does telling that Minoa and Gosman, the only two guys whose numbers I was pr- even remotely sort of excited to talk about, um the rest of them not a lot of quality starts between them 7 for brios only 3 for kakuchi 2 for stripling um that's not what you want
1: yeah and the i think just not only the lack of quality starts although i guess this is hand in hand but just the the the, the, the brevity and the hard contact getting rocked there's just not a lot to look at from the guys who aren't Noah Gosman, uh, to point to and be like, well, they'll they'll be better, they'll get better. I think that's that's my biggest fear. Yeah, or not, or concern, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and I think another another easy thing to point to here is you look at sort of the the strikeout rates of your bullpen guys, which is sort of when you look at the Rays, when you look at the Yankees, when you look at the teams that have good bullpens, it strikeout rates jump off the page. Um, Romanos is at ten, Richards somehow at nine point nine. Nobody else over. Uh, a strikeout permitting that, that pitches regularly. You have like guys like Bowden Francis that have one, and Beasley who pitched for a minute, and Baraka who's no longer there, and Romo who has one appearance. Um, there's there's a lot of room. Max Castillo, I guess maybe. Uh, I think he's already been sent down though. Um, there's a lot of room to add swing and miss. There's a lot of room to add quality pieces to the bullpen. I will say, um, you know, on the halfway point, I think they're I think they're trailing a little bit. What I expected. I thought maybe they would have. Um some bigger you know, they had that they had that big run early in the year. I thought maybe they would they would mix in a few more of those, but I think the last month the last month has been pretty dispiriting where they where they played pretty well, and it seems like you tune in every night and they're scoring four, five, six runs, it just hasn't turned into series wins uh in yeah. June. I think that was what was sort of because if you look back and and you know, they win one more against Baltimore and they win one more against Tampa and they win one more against Uh, Chicago or Milwaukee, it's like then you're pretty easily talking about a 96 win pace, right? It's it's, that's the thing about these is these paces. It's it's three extra wins is six extra wins in the long term instead of 44, they have 47, and suddenly it's 94 wins, and you're like, okay, uh, they are exactly where I thought they would be. So keeping that in mind, I, I think. The offense is exactly as good as I thought they would be. I knew they would be dangerous. I knew it would be. We talked before. One through nine, uh, a lot of nights, is, is dangerous. They, they did have a spell there where a bunch of bench guys were playing and some uh, uncertainty about health. But, but yeah, the pitching. We, we I think we, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were pretty flippant about, man, they have, they have four or five really solid guys, and we are sitting here now the first week of July and saying they have one really good guy and one solid guy. And then uh, a lot of question marks, uh, Ross Stripling's historically great June notwithstanding.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's encouraging the fact that the bats are sort of picking back up. And I still feel that they're in a situation where they're never really out of a game. Like, even against the Rays on, I guess, well, that Sunday's game. Sunday? They, have, they almost they? won Sunday's game despite Lord being the ba- down the bases. 7-1. Yeah, like, that's going to keep happening and hitting is contagious to use a bad cliche, but... Uh, you know, that's encouraging and we know that, you know, one through nine with some question marks are always going to keep you at least in striking distance of a game. But yeah, it's, you know, I feel like we're just repeating ourselves here. It's just pitching. It's got to get better because it's not, it's just, it's flat out just not good enough and there's no angle you can look at it to make you feel better looking at other teams or looking at underlying numbers or like it's just flat out not good enough right now
0: we are two weeks out to the all-star game um so uh we will see this that's the unofficial midway point but this is the way more official midway point uh at the risk of repeating ourselves we would never do that jake so we're gonna move on uh (laughs) to the rest of the show uh we have weekends to recap we have uh a full month of summer down and, and some stuff to look forward to. Coming up, plus mailbag and reverse mailbag after this. Jake, 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 Jake. Uh, before we get into, well, before I ask you about your weekend, uh, I was up at my family's, i uh, almost, almost at a state, which is not even close to <laughs> here. I was up near my mom's house, and my, as I said last week, um, my sister home from Japan with her lovely uh, children, who I was able to meet and hang, not meet, but see and hang out with uh, as they have grown up so quickly and are now little young adults. Um, I wanted to run through my nine-year-old niece. Uh, Stella has some notes on the show on how to yes, how do we, I was how very do improve the show because they listen to the show every week. Jake, I don't know if you know that.
1: Wow, I mean, I appreciate it. I feel like there's better use of their time, but I appreciate it.
0: It's it's commute audio. It's uh, road trip audio. Uh, the Dusset tones. Uh, so number one that she pointed out was that we swear on the show a lot, which I
1: yeah, that's fair.
0: Usually, I think I feel like usually. And I could be wrong about this, and I'm sure if we had super fans that were in the mood for, to pull audio, they could pull a bunch of examples of me not doing this, but I feel like usually I try to save the profanity for just causes, right? for like yeah, uh,
1: I you swear know. I swear a lot i' i I have a filthy mouth, I know that
0: I feel like I tried to save it for righteous outrage at things. I, I, think, I
1: think you have a good handle on when is good and appropriate to uh, to let it fly.
0: Or or if I'm in a, t- a sour mood. Sometimes I'm just in a sour mood.
1: Well, yeah. And, Sometimes you just want to swear.
0: Um, second one here. Second one here is, I think, a direct response to the segment we're currently doing, where she pointed out that a lot of the times we talk about something that isn't the point of the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what? Isn't that just the show?
0: Well, I think this is where I think this is where, you know, on one hand, that's true. There is a there is huge swaths of the show that aren't about the blue jays. That is that is factually correct. Uh and an astute observation from her. Um, but I think we established, at least internally to each other, that that we believe that's what differentiates us. Is 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 this section here where we're not not? It's always this navel gazing. It's not always about what the show is about. But we we will intentionally, after the first half hour of hardcore baseball talk, the likes of which you will get nowhere else. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to seriously big ourselves up as good baseball commentators. It is. It really is.
1: We continue to accidentally do it. We're always right. I don't know what like you know. Look at the underlying numbers.
0: We are the we are the canaries in the coal mine. I'm sure people would love for us to come in here and have run statistical analysis and yada, yada, yada. Um, but your thoughts on the nine-year-old saying that a lot of the times the show isn't about what the show is about?
1: I mean, I feel like that's just putting the two of us in, not in a room together letting us talk. Yeah. And like, yeah. I know, But I also think that... Uh, I think she's right. But uh, I don't know about you, but I, I think if we were just... A strictly Blue Jays-focused show, uh, we would be lost in the shuffle, is what I say. (laughs) Not like now. (laughs) Not like now. We're (laughs) blowing up the iTunes charts. In my mind, because I don't look at the numbers.
0: God help me. No, no, no. Um, yeah. And then the third one was related. It was sort of like, um, not just that we talk about things that aren't the topic, but sometimes we don't really talk about anything, she says.
1: That's true. That we do need to work. Sometimes we spin our wheels a little bit. I'll give her that.
0: Yeah. There is a lot of like, we are talking at length without um, having a point, or we are just sort of, we're both looking at the clock and saying how short of an episode is acceptable to give to our listeners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I definitely think we could use um, some, not editing, but we could use some uh, someone to wave their hands and be like, "That's enough." <laughs> move on, move on a little bit.
0: Okay, so in that in that spirit, I won't I won't bog us down too long into the into what that those notes were. Just some just some simple small notes. Just some simple small notes. The swearing the swearing was the, was the main one, and then the um, the show isn't really organized in any sort of way. Well, that's think, true. That's correct. I think correct. we've also done a better job, of course, we discussed, is that now the meandering nothingness is in the middle.
1: Yes, which is better probably for people who tune in and tune out.
0: I think that's probably true. The show, it feels like a better show to me that that helps at all.
1: Yeah, ever since we, started flip, we flipped that, I, I think so too.
0: I don't know. People comment on the show more than they used to since we did that.
1: Well, the thing is, we're very good at all of it. We just need someone to uh, whip it into shape, I think.
0: I think that's called a producer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we're pretty. I'll we'll, we'll learn how to do that and I'll be good at that and I'll be fine.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Jake, uh, you mentioned last week you were off to see some friends, to see a baby. I think you're hanging with a baby this weekend. I did hang out uh, with a baby. How was the long weekend?
1: It was lovely. We went to, to Georgetown to see our friends, Melissa um, and Peter and their lovely little baby. Um, a lot of the group floated down the Grand River for a bit while Peter and I and the baby uh, went to drink, which was a very nice time. Uh, yeah, it was good. We drank a lot, um, went a uh, very university throwback and drank some uh, Heineken mini kegs. Oh, my goodness. Uh, which was a great deal as the man at the LCBO uh, in Georgetown kept telling me. But, uh, yeah, it was a very lovely time. Very nice time. Uh, Short, quick, but good. Um, I don't know. Other than that, nothing else super noteworthy from the week. Uh, Pretty standard variety Monday through Friday. Had a nice little half day today, which was nice. Um, But, but yeah, that's about it from me. How How about you? You went away. How are you?
0: It was a it was a trip up north to see, as I said, my, my family and, and I, had a, I had it was a lovely time. Quick aside the the mini keg um, for a while was was sort of a calling card as well in sort of my uh, early twenties adolescence. You get the, you just had the mini keg in the fridge and you're convincing yourself that it's classy, big time, major. And the first time I ever had uh, the first time some friends and I ever drank while camping. We took a remember the bubbas.
1: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: We had a Bubba of Canadian, which um, is so funny why, why we would pick Canadian as, uh, like, 18-year-olds. But it was, that was what was <laughs> in the Bubbas. So that's what, we, that's what we used. I look back at it, right? When I look back at it because now I drink all kinds of beers. And I look back at it and I was like, when I was a kid, why, why wouldn't I drink, like, Coors Light, right? Because you, you look at it now and it's like, man, Coors Light is the easiest drink of all time. It's, it barely tastes like beer.
1: Right. Yeah. It's just, it's might as well be water.
0: Why would you as a, as a, as a youth, why would you take a full bodied beer like that? But I'm also coming out on Miller Lite as a, as a, as a, as a dad.
1: I love, I love Miller
0: Lite. No, it's really good. Um, I'm not just saying that because Miller Lite once sent me a hot dog roller.
1: Oh <laughs> well, Yeah, I remember that.
0: <laughs> the, among the coolest I've ever felt. I think uh, I think the Miller Lite Hot Dog was.
1: I love getting sent stuff by brands.
0: Me too. Uh, we got the was it the snack thing from the from, from Proline was that? that's right. Proline Plus. We got a snack thing. Send and me stuff. If if you just want to make it, you give us free stuff, and we mention your we mention the company. And that's, yeah, that's that's what we're really into.
1: That's fantastic.
0: I don't care about running the ad with the promo code, and you gotta yada yada yada, and we gotta earn our money. If you just want to send us shirts or food or. Easy money, easy, yeah, that's, easy. That's, to that mention you.
1: That stuff's all great. I'll never, uh, never have a problem with that.
0: But we're also not going to do any outreach. I'm also not going to cold call a company, and be like No, hey. absolutely not. Which I guess that's, we could do.
1: Nah, eh. that doesn't seem like our style.
0: We're surviving.
1: Yeah, we're not relying on this for like helping our like incomes or anything.
0: That's right. Um, anyway, my weekend, to get to steer this motherfucker all the way back around to the main shore. Uh, my weekend up north, always a pleasure to see my family. Um, a pleasure to see the, see the grandkids, see the generation younger. Um, it was nice that we hadn't seen them recently, the week before and the week after. But listen, it's, it's a beautiful area up there. Lake Huron is absolutely gorgeous. Um, got to go out and, and sit outside. Jake, you got to enjoy a good sit, enjoy a good eat. I love
1: sitting um, sit and a good eat. It's one of my, favorite, two of my favorite things to do.
0: There's nothing like, you know, you go see your mom and she cooks all – everybody in the house's favorite food gets added to one big meal. So you're just eating – you're eating everybody's favorite foods, eating burgers, eating hot dogs, uh, having a, a, a beverage or two. Um, very great uh, from that standpoint. And a nice refresher. I It always – I always uh, feel stupid. Um, I'll go and see – spend quality time with my family and come back and be like, oh, I'm so refreshed by that. I'm like, yeah, you should – you should be in contact with your family all the time because they, they love and support <laughs> you. People who love you and support you are very good for your self-esteem and for your mental health. I always Somehow I always forget that over and over again throughout the course of my life. But you um, got to see my sister's cottage, which is beautiful. This beautiful place on the lake as they are home for. And uh, great to see that and to see them. Obviously, it is a challenge when you have an 11-week-old, though. He was uh, – you're just sort of out of your routines. You're out of – you know, you're already so much of having an 11 week old is, you know, you're just scrambling to cater to his needs and you're scrambling to create some sort of system you can work within uh, to make the day to day life as 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 fluid and as bearable as possible. Um, so he was sort of out of rhythm, out of routine. Uh, so there was some challenging the nights, especially I think the nights were tough because we are spoiled, rotten uh, we have a king-size bed in our room, and we have uh, this bassinet is right beside our bed. So it's like getting up in the middle of the night to attend to him is literally just my wife just reaches over. And it's not this whole disruptive thing, whereas, you know, we're in a we're in a, a queen-size bed, still plenty of size, you know, the size we slept on for five years. So it's not like it's a... Huge downgrade, but you know you're out of your rhythms. You don't have your rocking chair. You don't have your normal. You don't have your normal pads. And my wife, um, you know, just having to go with all these adjustments. So it was it was it was challenging at times. I I obviously still am thrilled uh, to have gone and and had a very refreshing sort of um, in that way. But acknowledging it's also you know we are still very much in a learning and growing sort of phase. I am so proud of my wife for. Um, you know, uh, powering through these challenges. And, and of course, you also the, – the luck of uh, the family that we have there is literally, you know, eight parents in the, in the house whose kids are all now uh, approaching 9 to 16 years old, so they haven't been around a baby in, in a decade. Mm. So it's, like, absolutely thrilled to be holding a baby and to have a baby uh, <laughs> cooing around. And also, you know, the kids are old enough – where you don't have to hold their hands through being around a baby, you know, you don't have to like, you know, under ten years old, you never know when the kid is just gonna like slap something and then walk away and you're just like constantly holding your breath. A lot less than we used to have to holding your breath around the dog. It's like, you know, it's hard. It's hard to tell a seven-year-old to not pet a dog, but you can tell a thirteen-year-old. It's like, hey, man, the dog might bite you, and if he does, it'll be fine. Um, that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, nice to get out. I like, I like driving. Uh, I love, the, I love the lake. I love the water. I got out, got out to see some, some sunsets and, uh, drank some outlaw beer there. Uh, would like to go back up at some point in the summer, but we'll see. I don't have extended time booked off until the last week of August. Cause we are looking, okay. sort of looking and trying to figure out like what's the golden time for moving a baby around and traveling with a baby. And it's apparently it's between four and six months. So, which I think is how old our friend's baby is, correct? Six months, seven months. Uh,
1: yes, six, seven. I think seven, six.
0: So she's probably like—I should know. My she's probably know. great to be social with, right? Probably like holds oh, her own yeah. head up and sits and jumps and and squeaks bucks, and honks. But also not like an absolute terror every two hours when you're constantly. Battling no, her I, no, definitely not. So that's the sweet I spot that we're hoping to. Do. I get it. Anyway, we're going to dig in. It's time for you to have your questions answered in the mailbag. Jake, it's mailbag time once again. Nothing on the phone line eight three three seven one four seven 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 four. We'll I'll turn it off. I don't give a shit.
1: You threaten it every week.
0: I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of threatening it because I don't know uh, uh, this cool thing. It was this cool thing I we wanted to do, and we we're super excited about. Well,
1: the issue the issue is we're not. Uh, I feel like we're not advertising it
0: enough. That's if true. I'm being honest, that's true. And
1: by enough, I mean at all.
0: Well, my game nights, as we'll get into here, it's. It's touch and go as to as to what my live tweeting
1: mm. sort of situation.
0: Fair, 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 fair. And I've also noticed, because I had I had I bucked off three quick raised tweets on Saturday. I, I don't tweet as well when things are going well. It's just sort of like
1: yeah, well, it's no it's not as fun.
0: Well and I don't I don't have the like incisively funny like when things are going well, the best I can do is be like, oh cool, thumbs up, right? Go, but Jays. Not,
1: this is what I'm telling you. Like in, when things are going well, all I have to do is tweet about what happened, and people will be like, 100 RTs. Mm-hmm. Just like, here's literally a thing that popped up on my television
0: screen. I should, should do more of that. Because because like, I when things go poorly, I have a hundred different funny ways to describe it. Of course. Things go well, I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> end, of, end of communication. <laughs> go, George Springer. Sort of like, and that's no fun. And, and I, I look at that, and I go, that's nothing. You don't even bother tweeting that. So... That's why they play well, and I—I I don't want it to be people to seem like I am hoping that they play poorly, so that mm. I can get some tweets off, right? That's not. The, no, that's no good. I would trade not having good tweets for the Jays winning a World Series any day. Of course. Um, Mike, with the first question, question for the pod—they preface it with, which is a good place to put the questions. Do you guys listen to the segue music as you take a break between recording different segments of the podcast? I find it very soothing to bob my head to the beat as I mentally prepare. Great change in topic. Jake, I'm guessing you've never even heard that music.
1: Uh, that's not true. You have sent it to me when we recorded it.
0: All the different all the different types of Segway music?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I've put together the show once, so I'd listen to it.
0: Well there you go. Uh it is soothing.
1: From... I do agree. It is a very like nice little little bop.
0: Um an opportunity. So the the answer to the question is no. I add all the music in in post, um, we record literally the breaks in between segments is a split second. I, I press M for marker on my keyboard and we just keep going. This is all one big breath uh, that we're taking. Um, but shout out to Matt Prince, uh, who also produces Wrestling Brain for us now, um, for creating the main theme and creating all the in between segment music. Um, it's all the same guy, and he is just like he. Every song is completely different, um, with a completely different genre. He's an incredible music producer. Um, I think you can find his album if you look around on it, on your music services. Matt Prince, the album's called Love Handles. Um, really talented dude, and has sort of that gene that I find so completely impossible to. Well, he just like pulls music out of thin air, sort of thing. You know what I mean? It's like that. Mm, why yeah. I was never why I was never good at music. Like I I could. Learn how yeah. to play guitar chords, and I could learn how to, But like, I, I could never create a melody off the top of I my head. I was never
1: a good, even when I, like, wrote music and played in the band, I was, I've never been a good jammer. Yeah. Like, people either. were just like, we're just gonna, like, play for a bit. I was like, ah. Oh.
0: Play what? Yeah. What, what, notes, <laughs> what do you mean? In what order? What song? Um. So, yeah, I, and I said to him, I, I said, I want the main theme to sound, like, um, less than Jake but it's also music you would hear at a stadium, and he absolutely nailed it, I think. And the rest of it, I was like, make whatever you want. And he made, like, seven different, completely different uh, genres of tracks. So shout out Matt Prince, extremely talented dude. Uh, This one's from Matty Mac. Does Charlie gotta go? Jake, lots of of Charlie consternation this week as the bullpen uh, completely falls apart, as he, um, you know, expresses his doubts about say Kikuchi, as uh, we see Burrio sort of hanging it up to dry a little bit. Just Charlie gotta go is a simple enough question.
1: Uh, no. Um, I have to say, as someone who has spent the better part of two seasons uh, being dissatisfied with the job Charlie's doing, and I think even said Charlie is not a manager that should be taken seriously for a contending team. I believe I've said those words before in the last couple of years. Uh, I don't really have a lot to fault. Fo- Charlie with this year. I think that, you know, yes, as always, there's too much Trent Thornton, but his options aren't really, uh, I, I'm not sure where else you go. Like you can't, I think for the most part, he's made the right call, not hundred percent of the time. Uh, but I, I don't think that the struggles this year can be pinned on Charlie personally. And I thought the Charlie consternation this weekend actually took me by surprise. Uh, and again, I say that as someone who has never been one of his ardent defenders, and uh, I'm also not sitting here saying, you know, Charlie's the greatest manager in the world, and he can do no wrong, and any of that. But uh, I don't think that the current problems stem from Charlie.
0: Yeah, there aren't many games this year that I can point to off the top of my head where I was like, man, they they bungled that. There might be one or two, and I know, I know, last year there certainly was. Like, yes, why the hell last, are you going to this last guy one, there here?
1: Several. But
0: I think this year. Um, it, he has generally played it right. They are, you know, they're they're shifting a ton. They're looking into... interesting shifting more than anybody. Their outfield is, is completely different than a lot of other teams. Um, they're giving, you know, somebody like Kirk is red hot. They put him in situations. They move him up the lineup. They've allowed Espinal to really um, move up the lineup and be a good player and balancing, you know, a young rotation in the, behind the plate. They're giving Manoa all he can eat. Um, I think... They've done a good job, and while also maintaining, of course, you know, a fun clubhouse and um, a group that really cares about each other. I think is another big thing that I'm seeing from this team. Um, I was pretty emotional. This is the dad genes. The Sunday, um, what happened with um, Coach Bud's daughter, um, seeing Charlie um, basically in tears on the field, and understanding that he put being with coach bud uh ahead of managing the game on saturday i think means a lot and is the kind of guy you do want in your organization i know i know we're you know it's you're supposed to be hardened and like everything is about winning and and we've talked already in this podcast about how they want to graduate to a winning team but it says something when something like that happens to one of your coaches and your manager's instinct is to say hey maybe we shouldn't play maybe maybe we should put this ahead of uh, a game against the Rays. Maybe, maybe we should make sure that our guys are okay and maybe we should, um, you know, I can leave the bench and I care more about this than I do about winning a Saturday game. Um, that means a lot to me. It really does. And I think it shows to the players that uh, he cares about them and that this team is uh, a group of guys that care about each other. I think that has a lot of value beyond um, X's and O's. So wanted to shut that out as well because that is about the worst thing I can think of in the world.
1: Yeah, I can't even uh, imagine
0: something like that. Uh, Um, Jays Retro. Who who is the available starting pitcher target at this year's deadline? You'd be willing to move Arelvis Martinez. Arelvis Martinez is squarely in the Shohei Otani zone. You think? Uh, Boy, I mean, you you could say maybe the shine is off Arelvis. 80 games in, he obviously hits for power, but maybe there's... Maybe there's more uh, weakness. I don't know that I'm moving a relvis for like Frankie Montes. You know, I think that's. I think would if you I think if you're, Castillo? you're. Oh boy, because you're doing this, you're like for Castillo, you're doing those team's a favor a little bit by taking the money and taking those yeah, players that's off true. their hands. And look, you're I probably, you're probably right. I probably would move. I probably would. I, sh, I would. I would be reluctant. I'd be a little reluctant. Castillo. I has certainly been
1: really wouldn't move for Frankie Montes because they're. He left the game today, and his velocity was down, like, three miles an hour. Wow.
0: Um. Yeah, maybe it is, Castillo. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. Because, because as, much as, as much as it is you want to move all your prospects, you do eventually – we talked about this with Moreno. Like, part of being a sustained winner is you are able to replenish uh, offensive players and have guys – you know, Matt Chapman moves on, but you can replace him with somebody or – you know, some of the guys age out of your curve because they've added some veterans, I would be reluctant to move. Maybe Luis Castillo is... Maybe he is the... Maybe he is. Maybe I would
1: say that... I would phrase it this way. I'm not... Outside of Shohei, (laughs) I'm not sure what exactly the name is for Elvis, but I would say that he is the top of the
0: pile. Absolutely. Um...
1: I would probably move him for Luis Castillo, uh, but I'm also v- very much not a, uh, like, I don't care about any prospects. For sure. Even though, even though I understand the argument for not treating them all, and I think it's valid, and I get it. Um, but yeah, I think it has to be, I guess in terms of the uh, historical comparisons, to me, it has to be a Barrios-like name. Yeah. Whether you know, we can argue about that trade in other ways, but it has to be a like one A one B kind of guy for me.
0: Maybe Luis Castillo is that, but boy, yeah.
1: But it, but that's, we're in that world. We're not in the Kikuchi replacement
0: world. For sure, for sure. Anyway, Uh, so that's that's that. Uh, That is the mailbag. We will move on and answer the reverse mailbag after this. Do you remember, Jake, it's time for the reverse mailbag. Do you remember last week's reverse mailbag question? I do. And
1: I feel like every time I attempt to take this in more of a, what food do you eat? People just aren't as into it.
0: People like, people like the food.
1: People like the food. Uh, I ask, what is something mundane that is not important, but makes you unspeakably frustrated at a moment's
0: mm-hmm. like notice? Uh, so, the first one came in. Uh, from Piri, Piri Pi, mundane things. Oh, sorry, we're supposed to do ours first, right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. So mine, Jake, uh, I, I, listen, I'm like a, any normal person. The volume is never on on my phone. Ringer is never on. No, same. Volume is never on. Never, ever. Um, but occasionally I will listen to a podcast and I'll I'll have my headphones in. My, my wireless headphones will be plugged in. Not plugged in, but they'll be, you know, connected Bluetoothly. To my phone, uh, and then I will go about my daily searching of the internet. Just sort of like as I'm as I'm listening to a podcast in the background, I will go on Instagram or what have you. Um, the audio on the podcast will stop playing, so the fucking an Instagram reel can play. <laughs> the audio is never good ever. It's some it's some shitty song or it's a clip of something or it, like it never good. And it and then I have to. I have to stop the Instagram audio and restart my podcast every time. And it's like I, I never I never want the Instagram audio ever zero times have I wanted the Instagram audio. It's a very small thing. It takes a second to just to switch and press play again. And I'm just like, oh, I guess I can't I can't listen to I can't go on Instagram for the hour that I'm listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> really, really small, but really, really annoying every single time. And a very similar story in the car as I'm sure the navigation system will, um, if you're listening to something on Bluetooth, through the speakers, navigation system will, will pause whenever you're listening to to give you the directions. And uh, I even have it routed. I have it routed so the, so, the, so the phone audio, like out of the speaker of the phone is the, is the driving direction and through the speakers of the car is the audio that I want to listen to. Even then it still pauses the audio. Like, I want you to believe, believe that I can fucking listen to both things at once.
1: uh mine is similarly technology based uh mine is when you are playing a video game online and uh the person you're playing decides to treat the game like it's a fucking television broadcast Mm. and watch every replay of everything that happens because i don't know about you my, I, I still play video games all the time and I love video games but I my patience for the uh lengthy realism of video games and downtime has gone down yeah uh, so like if I'm playing the show online with somebody and they're like here's the warm-up pitches for the inning or for the game here's the starting lineups like announced by the by the like I just press the button and let's, let's play. Not here to pretend I'm actually playing a real baseball game.
0: Uh interesting one there. Yeah. And I am I am fairly sure that watching replays is, is that's online folly, is it not?
1: I I have no idea. I genuinely don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure from the FIFA and NHL world, if you watch your replays on your goal, you are um, shunned by the community. I mean P- good. Pretty sure. Pretty sure.
1: Good. Good, good, good. good. You should be. Because uh, Ain't yeah. nobody got time for that.
0: Piri uh, Piri Pie Mundane thing that pisses them off for a couple seconds Cutting the grass You go out the yard and pick all the dog shit up Start mowing the lawn and really, immediately realize You've missed some And mowed over the dog shit That sounds
1: really mm, bad That sucks
0: uh, I, haven't had to, I haven't had to mow a lawn in about 16 years um, No
1: It's not a thing I do a lot But I, like I can see that That sucks
0: because even in my even where we live now, um, my back property is just the back patio, and then the front yard's such a small cube of grass that it's actually the condo corporation's job to cut everything mm. outside. The, Cassie,
1: so Cassie mowed our lawn. a
0: little bit ago. Um, Mike, no, that's not right. Uh, Eva's curve, answer to the reverse trail bag this week is the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I can see that.
1: Fair enough. Extremely fair.
0: Uh, James Nielsen response to last week's reverse mailbag. Nothing frustrates me more than when I go to play hockey and my skates aren't sharp or are missing an edge. I bet that's annoying.
1: Uh, it's someone who doesn't play hockey. I, I will just say it sounds like it sucks.
0: Uh, Kelly Toomey, um, mundane thing that gets annoying when it happens. When my wife or I start the car and the other one is inside the house, it pairs with the car's Bluetooth, interrupting whatever the person is doing on their phone. That sucks. Mm this Bluetooth and cars. Sometimes it will interrupt whatever music or podcast I am listening to. In one particularly stressful 30-second period, the car is paired with my wife's phone while she was in the middle of a tense conversation with her boss inside the house and I had to keep driving away until it was out of range. (laughs) It's not a huge deal and the problem figures itself out in a few seconds. But it's amazing we don't have a better solution for this figured out. I love this, that how many of these are Bluetooth audio related because... uh, It
1: It is a very annoying thing. I get it.
0: But it's also like a miracle, right? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> like you're, listening to, there's, you're listening to something with with no wires, and it, the sound is perfect, and uh, it's just sometimes for a few seconds, it's really annoying. I'm with you, buddy. Absolutely. Bluetooth audio in general, I think, might be the thing here. And a, side, small, a small side note from Kelly, regarding the barbecue talk, highly recommend Grill Rescue. Thought uh, some of the wire brush angst was overrated. My sister-in-law had a, some steel in her burger once and purchased this the next day. Haven't had any issues since. Looking at Grill Rescue right now. Ah, oh, yes, it's like a stone, world's safest grill brush. Look Ooh. at that. I,
1: like the sound a of that.
0: That's a, I have like a, I have a wire. It's not wire. It's coil brush. So, um, it's not individual wires. It's like wrapped in a coil. So they don't individually break off that is your reverse mailbag for the week jake i'm gonna get us back on track with food because that seems to be what people like to do all right i'm going to do a classic um classic internet question we uh, you and i and the people who are answering this question are going on a road trip and we pull over at a gas station and it's time to do the triple b jake You get a bottle, a bar, and a bag. Ooh. Whether or not you want those things to pair well or whatever, we're gonna be in the car for the next two to three hours. What's your bottle, what's your bag, and what's your bar? Let us know at Less than Jays on Twitter, less than Jays at gmail.com, or be brave enough to give me a reason to keep the phone line open, 833 714 7774. If you're looking for more show, Patreon.com less than or you could be one of the sponsors that gives us free stuff that we have not turned down, which we talked about in the middle of this show. If you want to hear what sponsors we turned down, that's on the Patreon as well at the $5 and $9 <laughs> tiers. All that and more can be yours. Patreon.com slash less than If there's nothing else, all we have up to do is thank you so much for listening and being a part of Less than J's.